0: Tonight, we're going to hear from two of my favorite people, uh, my husband, Todd, and my daughter, Sierra. So they're going to tag team, and yeah, it's kind of cool, like, um, he did, we weren't really thinking about this, with tomorrow being Father's Day, he is such a good dad to our kids, and I'm so grateful, and he's a, such a great dad to hundreds of kids, actually, throughout the years, He and... Um, Whatever you see here up on the stage, he's living it at home, and we're, I'm so grateful, so I bless my husband, Todd.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. That is... uh, that's nice of you think. <laughs> Why does the... Are the lights even brighter than when we were doing worship? My goodness, wow! Like if you step right here, all I see is um, the exit sign. Maybe that's good though. Uh, okay, hey, bless you, bless you, everybody. Got some energy? I do. I'm in a goofy mood, and I I think I've discovered tonight why I get how I like when I get in goofy moods. When there's good air conditioning, it puts me in a really good mood. You know, I mean, when, when it's super hot and you're, well, me, outside, and uh, I just, you know, I don't want to do anything and just, uh, uh, but good air conditioning just perks me up so much. Praise God that we have that invention. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you for being in this building. Thank you for moving on us. I ask for revelation of you, Father, your intentions, your heart, uh, to come all over us. Just be all through our minds through our bodies, God, you are really good, and you're perfect, and you are love, and, and uh, thank you for that truth. That is the ultimate truth, no matter what we're looking at. Uh, thank you so much that you have good plans for us. You have plans, actually, to uh, give us hope in the future and not to harm us, according to your word. Thank you for that. Amen. Man, I, I, think, I think I'm starting to adjust a little bit. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Sierra and I both have something on our hearts. I'm going to, though, just talk a little bit more about the father thing uh, before I jump into this other thing. I, I, um, I pulled up the wrong scripture. Let me see. Yeah. All right, here's a couple things I just want to read to you out of the Bible. Um, Check uh, out—you all are very familiar with this, but I'm discovering more and more and more that things that I already know or have heard a thousand times, sometimes I need to hear it it a thousand and one times for it to really, all of a sudden, you know, unwind something in my heart. Look at the birds of the air—they don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Matthew six twenty-six. Uh, that's, that was a scripture that, uh, when I first really started to grasp what that mean, that scripture means, I thought, is that, I I don't, I don't even get this because I see things happening that don't make, that don't add up to me in that. And yet I could hear the whisper of God say, you're looking at things your way, you know? Um, when you soak in how good I am and that I am a true father and you talk to me as a father, uh, dad, you know? Some people use the word daddy. I'd never use that word. I just say dad. That's that's what I use. Um, I don't say papa or pops. I don't even say father normally. Dad. So when I talk to him, I'm like, dad, you know? Um, and when you do that, when you when you get in the... Habit or just the lifestyle of talking to him this way, you start to see what his intentions are inside more and more as a father. And then the things that are mysterious to you, um, they either start making sense or you are able more to just hand it over to him and trust him because he's got the bigger picture always. You know, he's got the bird's eye view, so to speak. Yeah. Here's some more. Uh, this is so good. Just, um, uh, Oh, yeah. Another one we all know, Matthew 18, 20, uh, 12, 20, 14. What do you think? If a man owns 100 sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go back and look for that one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep Then about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. That could be mysterious too because it says he's happier about the lost one than the ones that are not lost. There's a metaphor going on there about us and when we fall away and how we get so scared that God's going to be mad and take stars off our chart. And he's saying right there, I am so, it does something to my heart that you come, that I find you, you come back to me, you say you want me. It does something to my heart uh, on a different level than it does the ones that are staying over, over there. It just does something to my heart that you're found because I'm a good father. <laughs> That's such a great scripture. He's a good shepherd. He's a good father. That phrase we were singing tonight about being a good, good shepherd, uh, glad, glad father, We've been singing that for 10 years in this church, and it still just feels so fresh every time we sing that because it is fresh. It's fresh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just, there's so many, I could, so many scriptures I could read about the Father God, but I wanted to, uh, man, this, those things. Oh, hey, there's people here. <laughs> cool. Cool. I thought God was having me do like one of those faith things where I just preach to, the, preach to no one. Uh, uh, I just I wanted to pray a father's blessing over you. This is something I, I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I had done in Uganda um, over adults and teenagers there. And some of them have fathers in place intact and some of them, a lot of them, did not. Uh, but everyone needs a father's blessing. And I'm one. I got two kids and then plus, uh, but two kids of, of, of our own biological ones. Um, and so I, in preparing for tonight, I just felt like really um, to, to really speak into your spirit as a dad too, even if you're older than me, you know. <laughs> I finally discuss when I became an elder at this church, I really actually really struggled with the fact that there's people older than me. Here, does it make sense? Thank you. Thank you that I'm not alone in these feelings. Uh, it was a struggle for a long time, but I've I finally come to a place where I realize, well gosh, you know, there's 21 year- olds that are ministering to me deeply, you know it doesn't matter what age, and um, I'm a dad, so I'm going to pray a Father blessing. <laughs> Holy Spirit. I, I ask that you, whatever words are spoken right here to you over people here, that they're carried by you in a, in a beautiful package of love into their hearts. Right past the brain and into the heart. Yeah. I just, uh, I want to I tell you that you are a beautiful son, a beautiful daughter. You are and it does not matter what you look like externally it doesn't matter you're beautiful you are absolutely beautiful to me god the father says you're my son my daughter that's why you you your heart is for me and i i declare over you that you you know your sonship, your daughtership, daughterhood. I want to declare over this building as a dad that you are loved, that you are absolutely worthy of love. You've done things that cause you to believe you're not worthy of love, but the cross happened, and God did that before the cross. That was his idea because you are worthy of love because you're the one he adores you are the darling of creation you are you're the chosen ones you are the ones who deserve to and can climb up on the father's lap and sit there and let him kiss your face and love on you and tell you you are a successful man you are a successful woman and you're the one i adore as though you're the only one I declare over every heart in this room I declare over you that where there's missing pieces with your own earthly fathers that you will find that the the heavenly father is right here to take care of all that to smooth everything out to fill in the cracks Thank you, God. Thank you for putting that revelation on a deeper level than before into every heart and mind tonight. Thank you for destroying notions that this is just a cliche and, and for putting this reality on the inside of us. It's going to change us all. It's going to shift things for us. Thank you, thank you. And for you dads in the room, you're a good dad. And if you haven't felt like you're a good dad, you can change and turn around right now. Look right to the father. He's the one saying, come up here, son. Come up here. Just let me love on you. Therefore, it's going to spill down to your kids too. I will instruct you in my lap how to be the father that your heart desires to be. I'm just going to say one more thing about all this. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> today I got, a, I got an email from an, a, another dude I met out in uh, Uganda on this trip. I met him right at the end of this camp, like just for a few minutes. A neat kid, really neat kid. He's, uh, he's hoping to go on a DTS, you know, with YWAM. And uh, this kid had a little more education than several kids that were there. And, um, and, uh, he, he, he was just asking me a whole lot of questions, very, um, inquisitive. And, um, and he, uh, he emailed me today and he said, when are you coming back to, uh, when are you coming back to Uganda, Papa? You know, (laughs) there's already some out there that call me dad, but, um, oh my gosh, I just sat at the computer and I, Oh, 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 And I, I realized, man, this, when, when, like, the kids in the youth group once in a while will say, You guys are like a mom and dad uh, to me, you know? There's something about being told that that gets to me more than most other things does. And this is from other people, other kids that are not my own physical kids. Um, I'm saying this because every single one of you in here. Men without kids or women in this room, you have the opportunity to father and mother people. You really, really do. We have a lot of teenagers that come through our youth ministry that and we every time there's new kids, we give them uh, we prophesy with them. You know, we let the teenagers just tell them what they see. So many of them get words like I see you being a father or a mother. To people that are your peers, you know, and we're talking about fifteen-year-olds here, you know. But they always, they always go, oh, oh, you know. It gets to, we all are called to do this, all of us, you know. So, <laughs> I just bless you in that. I bless you in that because um, nothing that you've done so far can can keep you from being that to people. Amen. Uh, I'm going to, you know, okay, so I'm going to switch the subject a little bit. It's all about the Father, no matter what it is. Um, And excuse me while I go to some notes here. Um, Somehow I just pulled up the Metabolism Miracle Book. That was a mistake. That was not what I intended. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not going to read the scripture yet. Um, I know what Sierra is talking about tonight. I don't, I don't know what scripture she's using or whatever. Um, we didn't really collaborate in that way. But, um, but I'm, I, I just want to tell a couple of stories about something. I want to just tell you this. We get ideas about how God is going to do stuff. And he doesn't do it that way a lot of the time. <laughs> that could be confusing because we're made in his image, so we would think, oh, well, then we should, we should have a notion, right? Um, we do have a notion. We've got his, we have some likeness inside uh, of him. However, we live on planet Earth. We watch TV. <laughs> we get fast food. We have microwave ovens, you know. We, we have, we, we see patterns that we like, and so we, we try to fashion even our, our thought pattern about God and, and put him into those patterns because we're humans, you know? But he does not often do it the way we think it's going to be done. It's just true. Discouragement comes You're not condemned for having discouragement. He actually knew you were going to have discouragement over this thing, and he understands it, you know. I love, I love what, uh, how Paul Young put it in the shack when when, uh, Papa God is talking to the main character in the shack, Mac there, and saying, I've never been disappointed in you, and Mac's befuzzled. Is that a word? Befuzzled. Bewildered. Uh, (laughs) bamboozled by such a revelation Um, how can that be i've done this i've done this i've done this you've seen it all and god's response is basically precisely i already knew that was going to happen you can only be disappointed by something you don't know about that you're surprised by that's what disappointment is so we need to scratch that word from our our vocabulary in concerning god completely. In fact, not just scratch it, but get a mallet and destroy it. <laughs> Today I was hammering something out in the yard and, and that, and with my mallet, I mean, uh, some pieces of wood. I was like, yeah, I'm getting you in the ground now. And my mallet top, the, the, the rubber part just flew <laughs> across the yard. Anyway, uh, but just pound that away. Just get rid of that. Um, he's not disappointed. Um, we're the ones that get disappointed, and so we project that onto him. Yikes, you know? Uh, but, uh, but we, uh, oh, and so, yeah, we, we, we kind of, you know, we, put, we pray something, we get a word, and then we instantly kind of get how that's going to go, you know, because of our patterns. And, uh, and when it doesn't, even if it looks completely 100% opposite, um, man, it's hard. And like I said, God knows that. God knows it was hard for you. But that doesn't mean he's going to go, you know, never mind about my better way. I'll go your way. I think he's actually done that a few times. (laughs) But for the most part, he's like, I've got the better plan. Hang on. Even if it's to my coattails, just hang on. We'll get there, you know. Um, And my advice to you is spend more time alone with the father. (laughs) You know, you're gonna you're gonna start flowing with how he will, will answer these prayers more and more and more as time goes by. Um, you know, uh, I'm gonna read I'm gonna read a quick scripture that has something to do with this. Daughter, if you have the same scripture, I apologize, but it means doubly that God wants this to be heard. <laughs> uh, this is in First Kings uh, 19, where Elijah is hanging out. Um, 13. It says, so it was when Elijah heard it that he, I hear laughs. You do, huh? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> it's God's plan. When Elijah heard it, he was uh, that, that he wrapped his uh, face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts uh, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars. Wait. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's... I way skipped ahead. I thought this sounded different. Sierra wouldn't have done that. (laughs) Sorry, I way skipped ahead. Verse 11. Then God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great... And strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after all that, a still, small voice. Why why would um, Elijah be so dumb as to think that God would be in those things? Oh, he's not dumb. It's the Bible itself that says his, he's like a mighty wind. It says his voice is like many waters. His voice sounds like rumblings. So there's truth there. That's why he would think so. But this time, God's like, actually, you saw all that, but I'm, I'm going to talk to you in a still, small voice, you know? Surprise, surprise, <laughs> right? He knows exactly what we need at the precise moment that we need it. Uh, if Sierra chooses to read the scripture again, it's going to sound a lot prettier. <laughs> but I want to tell uh, a, couple, a story here. Um, our, our stepping in and being impatient with how God is doing things um, really disillusions us. And when I think of that, I think of... Uh, things like this. Could you show that photo? See this photo here? That that is my backyard today. Um I took that photo th- this morning. That's where see that wood? I was pounding some stakes in the ground trying to I'm redoing our backyard. It's a rental, too. My landlord's better be happy. <laughs> uh just doing some things that they can't really afford to do but need to be done. So I'm just completely redoing the backyard so that we don't have all this dead grass and during the drought stuff, all that. And, um, and it's fun for me. I love landscaping. But if you were to walk into the backyard and you were to hear that, hey, Todd's doing a project, it's going to be pretty, you know. Um, and then you walk back there and see that and have a mindset of, I just don't get it. This is ugly. What are you doing? I thought you were going to make something really nice and looks horrible. I will never come to your backyard ever again. (laughs) You said it was going to be pretty and it looks like trash, you know? (laughs) No, I'm in the middle of reconstructing things just like God does with us. And it ain't always pretty. Uh, Uh, Thanks for the photo. Um, It it also reminds me of walking into the kitchen. I like to bake. I like to bake cookies, cakes, and bake things. My son really likes to bake things. Are you you here? Is he here? You're here? Oh, there's another son. Uh, You didn't come here to hear me preach? No, I'm just kidding no uh he loves to bake but if you were to walk in the kitchen you know you're anticipating he's going to make a nice green cake or something he likes to make colored things um have you guys ever had kids that are so into food coloring and stuff that you open their freezer or the refrigerator and your milk is now blue or something like that yeah we've had we've had that <laughs> uh Gosh, I'm going to distract myself and tell a quick side thing. You know, if you ever came to our house when we were first married, there was a little trick that I played on company occasionally. Um, I would put green food coloring in some of the milk and put it in a special container. And so when company would come over, I'd be like, hey, would you like some coffee, some water, some tea milk, um, turtle milk, or um, or Coke, you know, whatever. And they're like, wait, turtle milk? I'm like, oh, yeah, we get it imported Ooh, you know. Oh, no, it's really good. It's really good. And so I would pour them a gr- glass of this green milk, and they would go, oh, yeah, that's this different. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> no, it's just a trick of the mind. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, anyway, if you were to walk into the kitchen, knowing that there's, gonna, there's a great cake coming, um, and, and so you start sampling the parts that Josiah is putting into the cake before it's, you know, stirred up and made nasty, you know, especially like the arm and hammer, stuff like that. I mean, really gross. And you'd be really you'd get a bad taste in your mouth. You know, it's the same thing that we do to God. We do. He's working on something. He's way more patient than we are. Did you know that? <laughs> But we've got a piece of it. We do have the fruit of the Spirit in us. So we can, we can say, hey, have, hey, patience. Why don't, you, why don't you come up and come work in the front instead of sitting in the back right now, you know? Um, because I need you. And, uh, but he is much more patient than we are, has a different timetable than we do, and knows what's up. He, he does know what's up. So we just need to hang with him. Our petitions are out there. A word is out there and um and we just need to hang with him and wait even when things look completely different i'm going to tell one more little story that i i've told here way years ago um but i think it it might be helpful to some of us um yeah years ago many many years back we lived in uh missouri or tech well we lived in missouri and then we moved to texas for almost 2 years um and it, it was a time where karina she wanted to move back to california i was I was in this kind of false notion that California was going to fall off i re, i was i had I had voices in my life telling me you know don 't go with it back there it 's god 's going to destroy california and i I believed that for a while um, so I was like i ain 't going back to california it 's evil uh and, and by the way, if you're listening to this on podcast or anything, my facial expressions are like, eh, you know, because I don't believe that anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was during a time that she was, she was really wanting to move back here and, and I wasn't, but I was working for Kenneth Copeland ministries. Um, and I was, I was packaging orders for him for, for that ministry. And, um. Man, one day, I I was I was packaging stuff, and all of a sudden, I just get really really weepy, you know, and I could feel that I'm praying for something, you know. I'm like, oh man, what's going on? But it got heavier and heavier and heavier uh, for quite a while, and I'm crying now. I'm trying to work, and uh, I am just I'm I'm like, did somebody is, is somebody in trouble? What's going on? I, you know, and I'm praying in tongues, and I'm just I'm what's going on? I'm praying. But I'm feeling so just wow, you know, big, um, not depressed, but just I I can't stop praying and just feeling torn apart or something in a, in a way. Um, and then, um, and then a vision opens up. I mean, clear like some cool widescreen TV was surrounding me, you know, some neat IMAX screen or something. Re- Open up right in front of my face. God is cool. Because this vision was there, very, very clearly, like I could touch it, I could smell it, and yet I could—I was still working somehow. I could still see my hands, but I was seeing this thing. And um, I uh, thank God He wanted me to have you know good production still, <laughs> but uh, the vision was a church service, and I saw um, man, that light still. Uh, I saw, I saw this very, very amazing church service. There were people worshiping deeply and there were people laying everywhere there were people laying like next to the stage and um and laying out in the parking lot and in the spirit you know and and just people uh completely wide open to the lord all over the place and god doing stuff inside of people during this worship time and then i saw the worship leader and it was myself (laughs) and uh, um i feel funny telling you that but it was it was a vision god showed me um and it actually, trust me, there was no pride. I was broken from what I was seeing. But I could smell it. I could hear the sounds in my ears. I could I could feel Holy Spirit. It felt like purple mist, you know. It was just, it, um, I said purple mist because I've seen that before in, in meetings. Um, and, uh, and then I looked at, I, I could see where this was taking place, and it was, reminiscent of a church we had been in in california before and um this went on for a while and then the vision closed and then i kept cr- crying two more hours praying and praying and during that time i'm, I'm asking god what is this, what's going on and god told me it's time to move back to california so i tell Karina, she wasn't sad about that and um took us took us a few months to, to get everything ready and, and go. And we came back to California and we went to that church that was in my vision, you know? Um, cause that's what I saw and that's where we're going. We're going to, we're going to go there and just say we're here. We are. We're available to help. Um, and life here was rough. You move back from the Midwest to expensive California and it's tough. It's hard. And my skill set. Wasn't working out, you know, job-wise. When we lived in Missouri, we were in a show. We would sing and dance in the Andy Williams show. Um, and that's the kind of stuff I did, you know. So <laughs> I had to find things out here to do and uh, to make money, lots of money. And, um, but I was working for that church as a janitor also and eventually started leading worship there. But that, that vision wouldn't, wasn't coming to pass. In the meantime, we were having a hard time. And then things at the church became very discouraging also. Um, I won't go into that, but it was exceedingly discouraging for me. A heartbreaking and horrible, actually. And, um, and so I, I got mad at God. What did you make me move my whole life out here for? I know you showed me something. And even though I saw such a clear screen vision, I actually had moments of, did I really see that? You know what I mean? Am I alone in this? Thank you. Uh, I mean, you know, know, questioning what I actually saw. Kind of like the Israelites. They saw this. (laughs) And later on, they're like, why are you having us out here? Even though they saw incredible stuff, you know. Uh, And uh, so I I was uh, so discouraged. And I I just chalked it up to I missed it. I missed God. Something went wrong. I don't know what happened. Here we are, though. We've got to make life happen, work, and um, whatever. I, I I guess I didn't hear you, but I'm so mad, you know. And then I worked through that with him. I love to worship him. And that kind of took the anger away, you know. And I just ended up settling and going, whatever. But um, it came time to leave that church. Uh, it was just not a healthy place to be. And uh, and we found this this wild church out in dublin called blazing fire and uh started going to it and uh and eventually committed to to going to it all the time and um and eventually uh pastor brent you know had me singing after the service you know here and there he goes uh he he asked me what i like to do and i told him that's one of my passions to to lead worship so he was having me do that after church one night was amazing I mean, um, this amazing night, there were people laying everywhere, on the stage, in the parking lot, um, it was so deep, and so powerful, and I felt like I was caught up in a whirlwind, you know, just an amazing night, my heart was, you know, so many people's hearts got really, really, um, shifted, and changed for the rest of their life, in that night, and, um, and thus, back in the days, when we stayed at blazing fire till 2 o'clock in the morning, yes, we did. Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe it? Uh, and we were driving home. We lived in Benicia at the time. And we were driving back home. And all of a sudden, I went, oh, tonight was that vision. But it wasn't at that other church, you know. But it was that. It was what, you know. And so I went to God with that. I'm like, "What? I don't don't get it, you know. And I still to this day don't fully get it. Was it supposed to happen at that other church? And the doors were shut by somebody else. I don't know. It felt like it. (laughs) But, but you know, we go to another place. And lo and behold, that vision comes to pass, you know, in California, you know, where he moved us. And had I not had we not moved, that wouldn't have happened here. You know, I'm telling you that story to say things are different than we think, even if it looks completely clear. It God has something up his sleeve, even if we missed it or somebody else missed it and and messed up our prophecy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Even if somebody else messed it up for us, we think, you know god's going just hang on let's keep going let's work through some offense in your your life let's work through some insecurities that you've been carrying for 20 years or 40 years you know then you'll see the outcome so that's how he is friends it's the truth and he is perfect and perfectly good there's my son i was just talking about you Uh, (laughs) anyway um so i'm going to bring sierra up here Come on up, Sierra.
2: Hi. Um, I'm really, I'm a little nervous, so just bear with me. But um, I want to share a very random, silly story that has nothing to do with my message. Um. (laughs) just just thinking about it made me laugh um so i work with kids and i've been working with kids for quite a while now um and the other day i had a group of kids with me and we were just coloring and doing whatever and i was like guys can you please sing for me right now (laughs) because i just wanted to hear their little voices and and just hear their little creative sounds and everything and so this one little boy starts singing a song about Jesus out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa, okay, let's listen to this. <laughs> and then um, another kid interrupts him with Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star, and he's like, no, I want to hear the Jesus song again. I want to sing that song. <laughs> and I guess Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star was a little bit too mainstream for him or something. But <laughs> it was just, sorry, I was just thinking about that, just a little side note. Um, but tonight I'm going to be talking about our expectation, pretty much what he was just talking about. He did a really wonderful job. And um, I'm going to talk about our expectations of how God comes and, yeah, just expecting God's presence. And so I'm going to share a little story from the Bible, or a little history. Um, So from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there was something called the centuries of silence. And for 400 years, um, the the Jews didn't hear any word from the Lord, and he didn't speak or show any miracles or anything during that time. And so um, the Jews thought that they were being punished for their sins, and some of them expected the Messiah to come, which the Messiah was actually the anointed one. They weren't really not exactly expecting how Jesus came or whatever. Um, but they were expecting somebody who would deliver them from the romans and um sorry let me look at my notes and re-establish david's throne so they're expecting this warrior to come this mighty warrior who would fight for them and yay he sits on david's throne the end and when jesus came he totally just their expectations were thrown out the door and the jews were very disappointed in how he came because he came as a healer and came as a servant, as a carpenter. And in Matthew, or no, John twelve thirty-seven, it said, even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the prophecy, fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And as I was learning about this in one of my classes at school, um, it made me think it's just crazy how our expectations of how we think God is going to come kind of blinds us from how he is coming in our life right now and how he's actually present in our life. Sometimes I feel like we just expect God to come in such a mighty way or come as a warrior in our life, which he does come that way. But sometimes it's so different from what we think. And God is, he is a warrior. He, Jesus was the warrior. He's now the king over all of us. So that's even bigger than being the king over the Jews. And he's the healer too. He's the father who comes down, sweeps down low and heals the broken hearted. And it just made me think of a time in my life where I was, I was, I had just come to blazing fire, and I was experiencing the joy of the Lord, just laughing in the, in the Lord's presence, and that was the first time I had ever experienced God in that way, and I just felt so much joy, and this was like through middle school or so, kind of a while back, but, um. That's how I knew God at that time. I, was, I just knew him as the joyful God who laughs at my problems. and, You know, just like, oh, yeah, the joy of the Lord, Holy Spirit, let's get drunk or whatever. And um, for a while. And then when I hit high school, I went through a really hard time where I felt very depressed and felt like I just didn't have too many friends. I just felt really lonely during that time. And. I didn't really feel the Lord all that much. And I just ended up really hating myself because I thought nobody really liked me and just very low self-esteem during that time. And I turned to God and I asked him, why am I not experiencing you in this way anymore? Why am I not laughing right now? Why can't I laugh? Why can't? I feel your joy in this way right now in this season when I feel so lonely and so depressed. Where are you, God? And so I was just expecting him to come in this way, to come as the joyful God who would just make me laugh again and all my problems will be covered. I'll be okay. But it didn't happen during that time. So that Sometimes our expectations of how we expect God to come can turn into disappointment and that disappointment can turn into doubt saying why are you here or where are you God are you even in my life at all anymore and so um i went to this revival and I was expecting something crazy to happen in that time, like, okay, God, I'll give you another chance to let me feel this joy again, to make me laugh in the spirit, ha, 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 laugh at my problems, and um, so during, the, and it was a revival, and everybody was laughing in the spirit during that time, so I'm like, surely I will too, everybody's fallen in the spirit, like, I'm down for that, and so when I went there, I didn't experience that at all, actually. Um so I went back to God, where are you? Like why aren't you showing up in this way in my life? This is how I know you, how I knew you once before, but now I know you as the God who's just not even there and I just feel so lonely and so depressed during this time. And then one night God healed me of a banana intolerance for some reason all of a sudden I became intolerant to bananas for only 2 years or so. But um yeah, he, he healed me of that. All of a sudden, I had a banana the next time. I'm like, whoa, he actually healed me. And so during that time, he not only healed me, but he was telling me, I really do care for you. I am your father who's here for you. I am the healer. And you already know me as the joyful God, Sierra. And now you're experiencing another part of who I am. And so at that time, for a while, I was just experiencing him as the father. And in that place, I experienced joy in a whole new way. And it wasn't manifested through laughing or through constantly just being drunk in the spirit, but it was actually through just being in his presence and knowing that I am his. And so sometimes when we expect God to Move in a certain way or do certain things in our life, and it looks different than what we think. Sometimes, um, sometimes we feel like we're trying to have control over his nature when he's actually supposed to have control over how he moves in your life during different times in your life. And that's what I really needed during that time. I needed to know that I wasn't alone during that time where I felt like I didn't have any friends at school and just felt so lonely and so different. He was showing me that I am unique in his heart and showing me that I am loved by him as his daughter. And um, so I was going to share First Kings 19. I'll just, I'll give a I'll say it differently. I'll give some background to it. Um, so here's Elijah on Mount Sinai <laughs> And before this, Jezebel was out to kill him. And he was like, Elijah was just in so much stress because he had just shown the prophets of Baal that God is the only God and God is greater than their God. And so there were people out to kill him. And so he fled to Mount Sinai. And it's kind of funny that he fled to Mount Sinai because that's, you know, Moses was there before him. And when he fled there it was almost like he was expecting what happened to Moses to happen to him sort of like to recreate what happened to Moses and i'll just read it again just so you guys really know it after tonight you better know this uh so, it's 1st kings 19 11 that he's doing a new thing. Not exactly how what happened to Moses as this great and mighty encounter, this crazy thing that happened to Moses, but he's trying to show him that this is a new thing. I'm coming in a gentle whisper. If you would just see me through this, then you won't miss it. And I noticed that during the time where I was feeling so sad, I just realized that he was always there with me and he was always trying to show himself. But my expectations of how I thought he was going to come, how I wanted him to come, just completely blinded me from how he actually came. And if we just, if we just, it's important to expect the Lord to come, of course. Like in Philippians 1 20, it says that Paul was eagerly expecting the Lord, and that was when he was in chains. And it's just really important to hope in the Lord, of course. Like, it's important to expect him to come every time, because or else we'll be disappointed and be be sad if he if we don't expect. It's just natural to expect him to come, but it's just how we expect him to come that can bind us from how he actually wants to come in our lives. And today I was thinking about this more, and and sometimes we. We just, we want the same old thing to happen over and over again, the same thing that happened to us before. Like, it's just like what my dad was saying, a pattern of events that happen in our lives that are just, you know, we're satisfied with that. But God wants to do a new thing in our lives. He wants us to grow in him as he comes in these different ways. And he's always the same. He's always the joyful God. He's always the father. He's always the way he always has been. But there's a new way that he wants to show us. He wants to show us something new, with, and it helps us through what we're going through in our lives. And I was thinking about it, and as a psychologist, I was thinking of dissociative identity disorder. And it's, I was thinking, it's not like God has that. Like, he's always the same. He's joyful and father. Like, he, he doesn't have multiple personalities. That's what I'm trying to say, basically. <laughs> but, um, such a random thought. But um, sometimes... Something that has scared a couple of people I know is whenever we talk about Jesus as the judge. And when you think about it, he is the judge. Of course, Jesus is the judge, but he's still loving. That doesn't change who he is. He's all of that. He's the judge. He's loving father. He's, he's the king. He's amazing. He's all of that. So when you think of him as that way, don't be afraid. He'll show you. And, um, yeah, I feel like that's that's all I have to say. (laughs) Let me pray for you. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in this room right now, God. Thank you that we can expect your presence to come, that you don't have to come, but you always come. You still come. And God, I pray that our expectations of how we want you to come would be in your control, Lord, that you would have control over how you come, Lord, over your nature, God, that you would reveal to us who you are, God, and every part of who you are, the fullness of who you are, not just one part that we're satisfied with for the rest of our lives, just content with, that doesn't change us, God. Thank you that you're showing every part of who you are, God, that changes us, that helps us grow, that transforms us, God, because we don't want to stay in the same place. We don't want the same old patterns, God. We don't want the same old thing to happen. We want something new, something fresh that will help us grow. Thank you, Lord, that you're coming in a new way, even when we don't expect it. Even when we feel like we want you to come a certain way, Lord, I thank you that you're coming in a new way. And that you're still the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, every day, Lord. That you are still the same, God. That you are a loving father. That you are almighty, prince of peace, wonderful counselor. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, God. And that you're helping us grow by showing us who you are. Every single part of your heart, Lord. The fullness of who you are. Because we want to grow, Lord. We don't want to stay the same. We want to grow in you and know every single part of your heart, God. So I thank you, Lord, that tonight and as we move on, Lord, in our lives, Lord, I pray that you would just show who you are, that we would be open to receiving who you want us to, who you want us to see, which part you want us to see of you, God, and that it comes all together as a whole. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
1: So there you have it. <laughs> uh, I just, while she was talking, I, th- I thought, how will we wrap this up? I really felt like um, just kind of inviting you into a, a, a couple minutes here of a, an exercise that would be really good for our soul and our mind. And that is this, uh, to take, to, to let come to mind the disappointments that you've had with God. And um, for us to take a few minutes right now and to hand them over to the Lord. Um, So let's do that. I'm I'm going to uh, say a prayer about this, and then I'm going to shut up for a minute and and let us just have a moment to do that in our hearts. But uh, what I want to encourage you to do is um, use visuals, you know. Just picture yourself before him, before perfect love holding his arms out and you placing these offenses uh into his hands these offenses of of him because he didn't move the way you wanted to you know he's going to he's going to take them and he's going to shift things in your heart it, it basically opens our eyes more you know and ears more So, yeah, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would even bring to mind uh, some things that need to come up right now that we're going to give to you. Even if we stuffed it away but didn't deal with it, I'm asking that you would call to mind some offenses that we've had with you so that we can bring it and give it to you. Put it right in your hands. And this is where big trust comes in. You said you will take all of our burdens, including this one. I realize that just a couple of minutes of this won't suffice for many, but even if something came up just now and you're, you're sitting there with it, go home and give it to him or before you leave here or whatever, just give it to him. He's absolutely capable. Um, He's absolutely capable. As our pastor likes to say, he's not wringing his hands over your issues. You know, he's not, he's not saying, oh, dear, this person's upset with me. What am I going to do? (laughs) He can handle this and he wants it. Yeah.
0: Um, I was also feeling um, when Todd was sharing about when we moved um, back here and we felt, he felt like we missed it. Um I was feeling like there's others of you who kind of feel like you've missed it along the way. And um I heard Chris Valatin recently talk about Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven, and he was talking about in the Hebrew where it says, you know, for I know the plans I have for your life, and the word plans in Hebrew means purpose, actually means purpose, intention, uh design. So God has many ways to get you to your purpose. So I just want to pray for those of you who feel like you've missed it, like if you turned left when you were supposed to turn right, that somehow uh, God's purpose is not going to be fulfilled in your life. I thank you, Father, that there's so much grace. And I pray that you would pour out your grace over our lives, that we would be able to receive new grace, new mercies. And I thank you that we haven't missed it, that there is a purpose. There's not one plan for our life. And uh, I, I release purpose over each person here. And, um, God, that you would just break off any shame or just feelings of um, I just really messed up and I, I missed it. I thank you that um, you're big, God. You're big, as Sierra said, and, um, yeah, and you, could, you cover us. Thank you, Father. Thank you that your purpose for each person here will be. Fulfilled in Jesus' name.
1: We have a great, loving ministry team here. Can you guys come on up, whoever's on that tonight? Um, These people will actually let you sob in their arms if you need to, you know? And stand there with you you while you do some of this. Of course, many will need to just go be by yourself with the Lord, however it works for you. But we've got some wonderful folks here that want to pray for you and love on you. Can we get some some sweet music up in this house? Yeah. Oh, and it's time to go get the kids. If you have kids in the kids ministry back there. Um yeah. Bless this ministry team, God. Bless them. Fill them all up with energy, with your zeal, with your love overflowing in, in all of them, God, to to pour out. Thank you so much. And thank you for this night, God. It's, I just ask that this this message and and what took place in worship or any, any part of this, God, would really stick forever in our hearts when we grow from here. We love you so much, God. Thank you. So be it.